Welcome to Open Echoes. I'm Dave Summers. Open stands for Other Perspectives Exchange Network. Our mission is to explore diverse, insightful, and sometimes disruptive viewpoints on matters crucial to NATO. Open Echoes reflects the original thoughts, analyses, and viewpoints shared by academics, thought leaders, and non-military experts, spreading ideas, perspectives, and insights across the globe. It's our hope that the insights shared in these episodes will help to impact and influence thinking and conversations long after you take off your headphones. Open Echoes alternates episodes between compelling interviews with non-NATO subject matter experts and readings from Open's wide range of publications. Today we feature a discussion with Dr. Stavros Karimperidis. He's the author of the article, The Gulf of Guinea and Maritime Security. Dr. Karim Paridis' publication is available on the Open website, and we've linked it at the top of the episode notes. But right now, let's hear more from Dr. Karim Paridis. Stavros, so nice to meet you. Likewise, Dave. It's a great pleasure to be here. Let's just jump in. Uh, if you don't mind, I typically have our guests introduce themselves. So if you don't mind, just give us a short introduction as to who you are and how you got to this point in your life. Okay. So my name is Stavros. Uh, I'm a lecturer in maritime economics at the University of Plymouth and head of the Maritime Transport Research Group. And um, I've been working in the academia the last 15 years, but I'm also having great involvement with the industry and that's why if you see my CV, you will see that I have a good interaction with a lot of research uh, that I'm doing. And one part of that is the uh, article that you're discussing up from NATO, uh, where um, part of my research, I'm having three main pillars. The first one is on decarbonization. The second is on digitalization. The third most important is security. And security is in two sub-pillars. One is the physical security and the other is the digital security. So you will see a lot of publications coming from me on cyber security, uh, physical security about piracy, the, the one that we're going to discuss later on, but also you know, how ports can be secure, what kind of actions they can take and all that kind of stuff. I'm wondering, Stavros, um, who or what inspired or influenced you to to write about this particular issue? Mm. What really inspired me to write about this specific, specific issue was uh, that there are a lot of seafarers that are suffering at the moment, and they're the hidden heroes. Um, recently, I've done another podcast about uh, the welfare of the people living on board and working on uh, on the various vessels uh, and into various working in various ports and uh, in general work in the maritime transport sector. And what we have found out is that uh, they're usually hidden. You know, you, you probably, you can recall what has happened to Los Angeles a couple of um, months ago when we had the COVID uh, issue with the big container vessels piling up for a long period of time outside the Los Angeles uh, port. And then suddenly everybody realized that, oh my God, shipping is so important for our economy. Uh, just to remind you that nearly 80 to 85% of the goods that we're consuming, and I'm not talking about only our laptops, the mobile phones, whatever we're doing, the headset that we're wearing now in order to do the podcast are coming on containers. Also, the energy that we're having is coming through 
tankers or LNG carriers, depending if it's gas or uh, diesel. Uh, the food that we're consuming is coming with dry bulk, usually come from Brazil or other places like Ukraine, for example. You've seen what happened with the uh, fight over there between Russia and Ukraine uh, and the problem that we had in order to export a lot of grains. And um, that was the real motivation that because we have pirates nowadays, believe it or not, you know, uh, it's a, a very famous pirate, Jack, Jack Sparrow and, you know, the, the Pirates of Caribbean and all that kind of stuff. And uh, and everybody will start, you know, familiarizing themselves with the, the movie and all that kind of stuff. I think, yes, in a matter of movie of Hollywood, it's nice to see someone doing that kind of stuff. But in real life, when you have 20, 25 people on board a vessel uh, and some nasty pirates getting on board with real arms, try to, you know, dictate the vessel, dictate their lives and all that kind of stuff, it's very scary. And to be frank, you know, being a sailor, it's a very... Uh, difficult job by definition because you're remote from your family, from your friends, everybody. You're in some cases you are isolated from the web because uh, satellite is not providing good coverage and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know you don't really need to have on top of that piracy, which is another layer of risk and uncomfortness. Um, so that was the overall motivation of doing that because I thought by bringing a bit of more. Um, understanding about the issue, we could probably try to solve it easier. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, how did you approach all the whole process that's involved mm -hmm. in uh, analysis and, you know, presentation of this rather complex information? Mm -hmm. So I, I started by providing a general overview of what has happened in the last couple of years. For me, uh, I really want to understand what had happened in the past. Um, and as I'm saying in the report, there are various regions around the globe that some of them, they're increasing in terms of piracy and some others, they're decreasing in terms of piracy. So for instance, if we go back to uh, another movie, uh, Captain Phillips, uh, which said uh, was a hostage of the captain of Myers, Alabama, um, with uh, Tom Hanks, uh, of course, um, acting as Captain Phillips, uh, you know, it was uh, demonstrated about the coast of Somalia. Uh, back then, pirates were, were dominating the region. A lot of vessels have been under attack, and Myers, Alabama was one of them. And um, the peculiarity of Myers, Alabama was, was a, a, a vessel with an American flag. And of course, the US Navy went over there and, and thankfully managed to solve the situation. But back then, 2009 until 2014-15, if I'm not mistaken, sorry, <laughs> time is not helping now to find the actual date, but it was a couple of years that uh, we had a huge spike in piracy and thankfully NATO with the, the you know, the, the overall operation uh, Ocean Shield, they went over there and they managed to tackle piracy. Of course, why in that specific area? Because Somalia, as you may know, is a state that didn't really have the government or actually doesn't really have a government so far. And that was a very fertile land for pirates because they knew that there was no laws if they were doing something bad, nobody's going to go after them. And Somalia, if you check it, is actually at the exit of the Suez Canal. And from going back again in the news nearly two years ago, when the Ever Given was stuck in Suez Canal, we suddenly realized that 9.5 billion of trade 
per day are passing through that corridor. So actually, Somalia is at the exit of the Suez Canal. So for them, it's, just, it's like fishing at the end of the lake. You know, it's, it, it's easy. It was easy for them to go and catch those vessels and attack those vessels that they were having valuable cargo and, of course, valuable uh, crew on board because they can ask for ransoms and so forth and so on. And of course, asking ransoms for the vessel. Uh, but as I said, you know, uh, the operation, NATO operation, has managed to help to tackle that that issue. But of course, the operation took only in that specific area, but not in others. And uh, unfortunately, uh, we've seen spike in terror in in not in terrorism, sorry, in piracy, in other attacks like the Gulf of Guinea. And that was the reason why I've said, okay, let's try to get a bit of more understanding of what is happening in the Gulf of Guinea and how probably we can tackle that problem as piracy by having better knowledge, better understanding of what's going on. I'm wondering, when do you anticipate seeing, you know, tangible changes or results or progress in relation to this specific issue? Actually, if we check the, the latest data that has been released like a month ago, so the data for 2022, uh, we've seen some changes. So we've seen a drop in the pirate attacks uh, because of the coordination of the various forces uh, with the naval um, operations down there. Uh, Nigeria has taken a lot of actions in, in terms of piracy uh, and all that coordination that is taking place with the US, the European Union, and other member states, uh, they have managed to help the reduction of the overall piracy attacks. Of course, I'm not quite sure if it, that's only due to the fact that we had that kind of coordination uh, and the overall naval forces operating there, because as you may know, a lot of naval forces since the invasion in Ukraine has been redeployed in in the North Sea and in other regions so they can keep an eye on what is happening um, for for the conflict that we have between Russia and Ukraine. Uh, but what we have found in, in, in our report, it, it was that piracy was linked with um, oil in the region. And because of the, the conflict between Russia and Ukraine, uh, as you know, oil price has dropped the last couple of months. And because we anticipate that because the oil has dropped, then the interest of the pirates has dropped as well because they, they are not seeing the same economic benefits they used to have in the past. So I think it's a core combination of a lot of good things that they led to the outcome of seeing a drop in piracy. Uh, and of course, that's tailor-made to the specific region, because if we see other regions in the globe, like, for example, the Singapore Straits, uh, we see in a constant decrease in terms of the piracy attacks year on year. So um, that's why we wanted. I wanted to focus on that specific region to find out what is happening in the Gulf of Guinea. And I hope that my report has helped people to mm -hmm. take actions, and those actions, at least, um, they seem to work <laughs> at the moment. No, that and that's great. And that leads into my next question, which is, you know, how uh, do you believe that this publication, your article, has contributed mm -hmm. to to a broader uh, conversation and better understanding of, of this issue? Um, to be honest, I haven't really been following my up what happened after after the publication. Uh, but my gut feeling says from 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 the feedback I've got from various people reading the report, it was that uh, that was a useful piece of work that was very enlightening. Uh, and 
because of, as you know, knowledge is the key. You know, it's like if you want to do something, you have to have intelligence, you have to have knowledge. And uh, that report, I think, had helped people operating in the region to understand what was the root, the root of the problem. I, I think the main key area and the root of the problem was oil. And by the time they managed to tackle the oil, and, and to give you a, a fact for, for Nigeria, 6% of the oil being produced in Nigeria is going to the black market. So instantly, we have a huge black market that the oil can be distributed. And of course, that was the, the problem with piracy because there was a big black market in the region. The moment they were able to tackle, to get a tanker, uh, they were able to sell the product into the black market and make a lot of money. And of course, at the same time, ask for ransoms for the crew and the vessel. And I think providing that kind of information that you know is like protect that kind of infrastructure try to um, tackle first what is happening in the land in order to uh, tackle what is happening in the sea uh, i think that had helped a lot because at the end of the day um as as i mentioned also for for somalia if you have good laws into the land into the land elements, then pirates will be determined to to attack vessels because they will know, for example, that you know if they're going to be caught, they're going to end up in a court. Uh, they will not going to find easy access to the black markets to sell the goods. They're not going to be able to hide easily the uh, victims of the pirate attack because, as you can imagine, if the vessel stays with the crew into the sea for a long period of time, naval forces will come along. And they will try to rescue the people, as had happened with the Myers Alabama case that we mentioned before. So what is happening with the pirates is they're putting the crew into small digi boats and they send them to into the forest or in places that they are not going to be easily be tracked from the authorities. And that's why I'm saying it's like if the authorities were able to tackle that kind of illicit activities in the land, then there is no room for the pirates to hide themselves. Mm -hmm. Same story with. Uh, Going back to the story of Jack Sparrow, you know, Jack Sparrow had to um, hidden the germs somewhere into the land because you cannot hide things into the sea. So having that kind of, you know, even that we're looking forward into the sea for, for tackling the problem, actually, we have to look back and to see how the overall operation is taking place in the land and tackle some of the roots of the problem. This is interesting because, I mean, there's the there's the historical perspective of piracy, and you've mm -hmm. talked about that here. And then there's the the real world today, uh, you know, issues and challenges that are associated with it. I mean, when did you realize uh, the importance of addressing this specific issue? Was, you know, was there a, a specific kind of tipping point for you? Was it was it uh, a triggering event? Uh, or was it just kind of like, enough, I'm going to write about this? Yeah, I think the triggering point, it was, and if I remember on top of my head correctly, it was, uh, I read a report uh, because I'm working a lot with for Blue Economy and as I said, I'm an economist, so I like to see what is happening over there in terms of operation and the economic impact. And uh, what I have found out is that the piracy in the Gulf of Guinea is costing per year $1.9 billion in terms of the blue economy. And when I'm talking about blue economy, it's about fishermen not having the ability to go out and fish, uh, you know, not having the ability, for example, cruises, 
cruise vessels to come and have some tourist act activities there, or even to more complicated stuff, creating green energy, for example, not been having the ability to have any wind-powered uh, electric mills over there uh, that they're able to generate electricity. Uh, and of course, that is a burden to the local economy. And, you know, we're talking about Nigeria, for example, is the prominent economy in the Gulf of Guinea. And the forecast for the economy in Nigeria, we're talking, if I'm not mistaken, again, that the population is going to triple by 2050. We're talking uh, from 80 million to go up to 200 million people and things like that. So, as you can imagine, an economy that's growing rapidly, as the economy of Nigeria, with a huge population that is expanding, uh, having the right economic opportunities for the local people, I think that will help them to prosper. Because prosperity, I think that should be the, the thing that we should care about everybody. Um, and that helps human beings. You know, it's like, I like to see prosperity and I like to see happy people, because the more money you have, the more happy you will, you will be. <laughs> I can't argue, cannot argue with that. Uh, just as a wrap-up uh, question here, mm -hmm. and this is the question that pretty much all my guests dread, but I have to ask it anyhow. Uh, what is the the single key point, or maybe one or two points, that you you would recommend to um, uh, either the NATO organization or the greater audience for this program that they should take away from this topic? Oh. <laughs> That's a big the one million dollar yeah. question, as we give to say. Yeah? Go for it. <laughs> Go for it. Okay, the one recommendation to NATO. Oops. <laughs> um, okay, let me think for a sec. Uh, I think the, the 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 key message that we came out from the report is, as I said, if if you really want to tackle something like piracy, don't look for the obvious. Don't look in the sea see the roots of the problem it's like a tree you know you see a tree blossoming and all that kind of stuff but if the tree doesn't have solid roots then you're not expecting for that tree to blossom for a long period of time so i think even though we're talking about piracy and the problem is that over the years pirates have become more and more sophisticated and from a range of 30 nautical miles of operation now they've managed to expand to 200 nautical miles of operation which is a massive area when we're talking about the gulf of guinea uh, and it's mutually impossible for uh, nate or anybody else to patrol in such a big area um, i think the best thing to to do is try to tackle what is happening on land and try to create coordinations, try to coordinate with the local authorities, try to bring NGOs into the game, try to bring navals that they want to contribute, naval forces that they want to contribute in the region for whatever um, reason they want to contribute over them. Try to bring everything together in the same table and try to coordinate the resources because as we know, resources are not vast. You know, naval forces, uh, they've seen a decline because of the cost of main maintaining all that. They can be everywhere because at the moment, unfortunately, we have a lot of uh, issues because of geopolitical tensions, you know, mentioned earlier on Russia, Ukraine war, the tensions in the Pacific Ocean. So it's like we can't have as many vessels as we need in any region. So in terms of prioritizing, try to be clever in terms of how you redeploy your assets there. And that will save energy resources, which are key and paramount for uh, today's military, I think. That's brilliant. We've been speaking to Dr. Stavros Karimperitis. Uh, Stavros, this has been enlightening. And, uh, you know, even with all the Johnny Depp 
uh, Captain Jack Sparrow stuff uh, brought up there. This has been fascinating, and and obviously piracy is something we should all be paying very close attention to. Thank you for your time today. You're welcome. Thank you very much, Dave. This has been a conversation with Dr. Stavros Karimperidis, author of The Gulf of Guinea and Maritime Security. There's a reminder that Dr. Stavros's article can be found on the Open Publications website, and you'll find a link to that at the top of the show notes. Open Publications are produced by Allied Command Transformation, Strategic Plans, and Policy. However, open publications are not formal NATO documents and do not represent the official opinions or positions of NATO or individual nations. Open is an information and knowledge management network focused on improving the understanding of complex issues, facilitating information sharing, and enhancing situational awareness. Open products are based upon links to open source information from a wide variety of organizations, research centers, and media sources. However, Open does not endorse and cannot guarantee the accuracy or objectivity of these sources. The intellectual property rights reside with NATO, and absent specific permission, open publications cannot be sold or reproduced for commercial purposes. Neither NATO or any NATO command, organization, or agency, nor any person acting on their behalf may be held responsible for the use, which may be made on the information contained therein. Open Echoes is a free-thinking, open discussion program that aims to stimulate dialogue, broaden understanding, and foster relationships that can help prepare NATO for future challenges. Open Echoes is a production of the Open Editorial Board. Producer, Dan Chichester, engineer, Dave Summers. For Open Echoes, I'm Dave Summers. Mm -hmm.